Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the For the Girl podcast. We are super excited for another episode of For the Both of Us. We have some special, special guests on today's episode. Jordi Searcy and Mikkel Jansen, I think is her last name. I might Jensen. <laughs> we might have butchered that. But um, if you don't know who they are, Jordi is a musician, an incredible musician, and also a really good friend of ours. And Mikkel, well, she's an incredible, what do you call it, YouTuber, creative. Vlogger. Vlogger. And she really is incredible. She's like real so deal. authentic and shares so much wisdom on all of her channels. So this is just a glimpse of it that you guys are going to hear through this episode. We just got finished recording it. And babe, what are some highlights? What stood out oh, to you? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's just really good to hear, I think, for anyone that has been through a, a breakup, just like Mikkel and Jordy's story of just finding each other that there's hope after a relationship ends and yeah some really great lessons i think through there that mikhail will get to it a little bit but just i think in our christian culture we don't talk about divorce enough and that it's a very real thing right and you know it's one of those things that we know isn't supposed to happen but you know what happens when that gray area does happen in our lives and i think that mikhail handled it so well and so did jordy and just their dating season so yeah. yeah just so much wisdom to gain from their experience yep that's right as you guys know we just had a baby which is crazy and before the baby came along i got so much advice from friends to listen or watch mostly listen i guess to to positive birthing birthing stories <laughs> like that went well because um, a lot of times you hear like the bad ones and then that's what gets stuck in your head and so everybody was like listen to like the good stories it'll give you good perspective and all the things and just will like give you hope for what you have to come and set your mind right and I think the same can be true for this kind of conversation we can't listen to enough hope filled stories of finding love especially when you're in a place of doubt and heartbreak and it just feels hard and heavy right now this is a story that will just lift your spirits and get you excited it's so crazy and they're just so fun yeah jordy mckellar they're they're jokesters like me oh my gosh josh i don't know if i'm gonna edit out all your jokes but it was like every other sentence sorry I want to keep the podcast light and fun. <laughs> whenever, whenever Josh just sees like another male that is funny, his immediate is just like, what funny thing can I say? It's just the best. <laughs> not everybody's like you though. Yeah, well. And the is- For The Girl podcast probably only relates to 10% of your jokes. Debatable. People, <laughs> people love me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well... You guys are really excited for this episode. It's going to be an amazing one. So let's just jump right in. 
Josh is just came off of like a sales call. Yeah, he has I was no just idea ripping sales calls, and, and now I'm here to rip this sales call. That's right. Let's do it. Don't. I only know one way to live, baby. Oh my god! <laughs> did you click I'll record? Yeah, I did. Oh, click cool. record. Sorry. Uh, Sorry for being the rookie in the room uh, <laughs> that doesn't use microphones and cameras. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the For the Girl podcast. We are super excited for this episode. We have special, special guests that some of you guys may already be familiar with. Mikkel and Jordi Searcy. Although, Mikkel, wait, I don't even, they're not married quite yet when we're recording this. Mikkel, what is your last name? <laughs> and it'll, it might stay, it might stay Jancy even after we're married. Oh, okay. Cool. We love that. Okay. So, Mikkel Jancy and Jordi Searcy. We are so pumped to have you guys on the podcast for so many reasons. This is going to be so much fun. I feel like Mikkel's right in her element, but Jordy, as you guys know, may know, he's a musician and typically on stage singing love songs and I don't even know what else. So how does it feel, Jordy, to be on a girly podcast where, you know, you just get to preach this time? It's, well, it's just like me talking in between songs, but all strung together. That's all it is. Oh, nice. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> that's that's kind of true. I've been to a couple of Jordy C concerts. I can say it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. He gives a good little message in between. Yeah. I like to receive that gospel. Josh and Jordy are good friends. So this is just going to be fun. We are talking about finding love after heartbreak. And I really want Mikkel to kind of like kick off this episode by just sharing some of her story. You guys will hear, but she just had a lot happen over the last few years. I just think there's so many girls who clicked on this right now who honestly are just like in a hard place. Maybe they're post-breakup or maybe they're feeling like they should call it off or maybe just feeling like they have a major setback in life and don't know where to, really where to go. Dreading getting back on the dating scene again. Yikes. Anyways, um, could you just back it up a little bit, Mikhail, and just share just like a little bit of your story, raw, real, what you went through, what it was like, all that. For sure. So I did the thing that I, I don't know how common it is in other states, but I was born and raised in Texas and a lot of us get very pretty young out here. <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually living in L.A. Um, and I got married at 21. And the the TLDR is it was not a very healthy marriage at all. There was a lot not of not very, not very. No, it was it was <laughs> bad. Yeah, a lot of infidelity and just unhealth and a lot of things that I didn't even realize till the end or till after it was called. But I ended up getting divorced at was I twenty four? I was twenty four. So married almost three years and moved back home to Texas to be closer to family and kind of just try to figure all of that out and get my feet mm. back on the ground again and ended up meeting Jordy when I wasn't even trying to date uh, about six months after moving back here um, and started started kind of trying to navigate, okay, what does now dating look like as a young, not even mid-20s yet divorcee who is probably too soon to even do something like that, but met someone wonderful. And that's kind of been the past couple of years and he's been the biggest blessing in my life and now we're engaged which is just such let's a go wow. <laughs> yes lord yes lord yep. um so good and so crazy to hear the full circle story now could you share just like a little bit more you know it's finding love after heartbreak just like heartbreak it 
sucks. It's hard. It's yeah. all the things. Maybe back us up to just like that season for you. How did how how long did it take to like feel better, quote unquote, and to like process this with God? What did conversations with God look like? All of that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's hard getting out of a relationship with someone because you don't realize how much of your life is integrated with them, especially right. after you're married. Like it is so intertwined, integrated that for me, I kind of felt like my only option was literally to move states away and kind of have a fully clean slate because it, I, I don't know, it's hard to continue on the same life every single day and figure out whose friends are whose friends and whose community is whose community and which spots should I avoid, which spots are safe for me to go to, all of that. I also was spending the last probably year or two of my marriage really wanting to be back near family back mm-hmm. in Texas. And I think that I hadn't fully admitted to myself how lonely that relationship was and how much I was just craving like the famili- familiarity, familiarity. Nailed it. <laughs> that word? You got it. You know, that does not feel like a real word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was really craving being, I guess, just around people that I felt safe with and felt loved by. So for me, I think the transition was a little bit easier just saying, okay, fresh start, fresh slate, going to be around people that I know love me and care for me. And, um, I'll, I'll interrupt you to say, yeah, you, the, from my perspective, mm-hmm. your relationship, it was not a normal breakup. No, because it was not, mm-hmm. you know, one divorce is not a breakup. It's divorce. It's really intense. and life altering, mm-hmm. you know, and the, like, I know when you entered into marriage, you had no intentions of that ever happening. And even towards the end, you were like, I'm going to do anything I can to stay in this marriage until you realize that you would be physically hurt if you stayed in the marriage and you would just be lied to every day and your life would, would be terrible. And I think even when you were at that point, at least from my understanding, you knew that like, oh man, my life is going to suck forever living with this crazy, crazy person and you committed to it and stayed and you're like, no, but I'm going to commit to having a really, really sad, hard life and being with this person. And then finally the other person made the break away. Yeah. Which is a weird, hard thing to navigate because you're told divorce is bad, but also you're told, or, you know, deep down that this relationship is very unhealthy and I'm, I'm probably unsafe here. So it's kind of grappling of, well, what's the lesser of two evils? I guess I'll just take the L and stay in this because I know I can handle a lot, but I don't want to be the one doing the bad thing of getting out of something that is, you know, a commitment and holy. And, and a re- promise that you made. A promise that I made. Yeah. And that that's a hard thing that I don't think is talked about very often. And it's weird. I feel like our culture almost kind of gives us these rules of like, oh, well, if you're physically being hurt, then it's okay. But yeah. if you're just being threatened, then it's like maybe not okay. I don't know. It's just, a, it's not very talked about and it's hard to know. Yeah. It's, what is the healthy call on the correct call? Um, and, you know, when do I protect myself versus keep a promise that I made? So right. I do think, I do think it was a huge gift to, and I mean, I don't think he fully called the marriage and ended it i don't think he wanted to be that person either but i do think it was a gift that at the end things had escalated to a point where i was like okay now i feel like for sure this is the right call if that makes sense because they're all to grapple with 
yeah, it got very, very gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was terrifying. Yeah. And I feel like the hardest part about a lot of that too is like, Mikkel, you were so young mm -hmm. at the time, right? Like when you got married and then like, just how are you even supposed to know like what yeah. to do in that instance? I guess, was there anyone at that point where things were getting bad? Was there anyone like speaking into your life at that point that helped you kind of realize, hey, this isn't normal? Or was it like a therapist or a friend or like, Honestly, was there anyone encouraging you in that? The one person that helped me the most was my mom because she has my best interests in mind. But yeah. something that was really confusing for me is I was going to a Christian therapist and then also the, the lady that had done my premarital counseling, I was kind of consulting with her on all of this. And time and time again, through those people, I was told, no, you have to stay in this. Like mm -hmm. this is, that comes first is your commitment as a wife comes first. And so that was really confusing me because it was conflicting with what my mother was gently trying to tell me of, I don't think that you're being taken care of. I don't think that this seems like a healthy situation. And she didn't even know the half of it. She didn't even know that I had a hammer thrown at me or that there was plenty of mistresses. She didn't even know any of that, but just from like the little tiny things that she could pick up on. My mom was, you know, gently trying to help me talk through those things. So that was a huge confusing conflict of almost having two opposite opinions of someone I know that like loves me and mm -hmm. someone I know that is trying to lead me down what they think is the correct path. Yeah. It, was very, yeah. it was very confusing, but I was trying my best to, yeah. to get advice. And you were also... Yeah. But 23 at that point, we were having those conversations with people in the church. I feel like people, women, especially that are in abusive situations, um, like it's an embarrassing thing to talk about the details. Yeah. And not only that, but your ex-husband was a really master manipulator. Like way, I, I like after speaking to people that he knew mm -hmm. and seeing all their surprise, I feel like I got this whole picture of like, this is not like a normal dude. This is somebody who like, really, really has worked a long time his whole life to be able to lie to people really well. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, getting advice was important because yeah, yeah you, you kind of live in an echo chamber when it's just you in a relationship and you don't really have anything to compare it to. And I found it was so easy to kind of like gaslight myself into thinking like, no, you're, you know, you're reading this wrong or whatever. So to me, getting advice was very important during that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the lesson, always listen to your mother. Yeah. Always listen to right? your mom. <laughs> the confusing part for me is my mom is a therapist. So I don't know. <laughs> There's just like this crossover for me. I don't even know what to do in that instance. I'm glad you hit on that, though, because I think they're just like hardship. And just like when it's mixed with like love and like questions get so ambiguous and so confusing, right? You're like have doubts and concerns, but you're it's so emotional at the same time. So it is important to invite other people into the conversation. And like you mentioned too, Jordy, like to be really raw and honest about like the details too, to give clarity. And then it comes back to even just like your relationship with the Lord. Like sometimes it's true, like the church or other things that can be like legalistic and so like they don't know the full story and, you know, but the Lord does. And I think like, just like making that your safe place is like so important in seasons like this too. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So then fast forward. Okay. You guys met, we need to hear like how you guys met and like the love story, you know, how did this all come together? <laughs> I was playing in Austin opening for somebody and her parents 
had a, had an extra ticket and we're like, you got to come to this, the show. You're it's oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. We, it was, it was a weird opening for Matt Carney and her parents were like, Matt Carney is the guy we're going to go to the show. It's going to be awesome. They got those tickets pre COVID before Jordy was even supposed to open. And then COVID delayed it for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then I just happened to be living back in Austin and they were like, you need to get out of the house. And I was like, I don't think I want to. And they were like, no, <laughs> they're like, shoot yeah i fought them on it though i didn't want to go that's amazing i have a a rule that i think is it's kept me and my whole band safe it is like you don't hang out with a girl that buys a ticket to the show usually just never a good idea but fans do not become lovers that's it is is, but (laughs) but i have that rule maybe and i played the show and she commented and we dm back and forth um but uh, I was in town the next week where I was playing for somebody, playing guitar for somebody else. And I was, was like, like three weeks later. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was a while later. Maybe a month, actually. We yeah. met at the end of February and this right. is mid-March. Yeah, yeah. So close three weeks to a month later. So I was like, I'm playing guitar for somebody else. This is weird. We're in the clear here. Uh, and uh, I I realized we, we have, well, we were DMing, which turned to texting, which turned to calls. And we were like, we haven't met each other, but this is already like, Great. It felt like a love is blind situation to where we had had so many calls by this point because it had been almost a month, but we were about and, to come out we, of the like, pods. Immediately, <laughs> we, we immediately clicked so much that we we're like, oh, this is already kind of a thing. And I realized, it, I realized two things. I was like, one, she got divorced last year. So she's probably not going to have like a birthday date. And it was like a few days before her birthday that we we're going to go on a first date. And the second thing I realized was like, this is, I'll, you know, either this is going to be awesome or like, I don't live in Austin. I'm probably never going to see her again. If this is, a, if this is a weird first date, I was like, I'm just going to like go for it. So I planned like, I planned like a, you know, an eight stop, like birthday date. Like, oh, wow. wow. It was like 16 hours. Like that's not exaggerating. <laughs> morning coffee. And then my best friend was flying in later that night at like 2 a.m. for my birthday weekend. And I was like, do you just want to, at this point it was like midnight i was like do you just want to stay until my best friend gets here to meet her and he's like sure so it literally was like yeah yeah and i just i i i I turned it all the way up to 11 it was we we did a whole lot of things we went out to like a super nice dinner it was like hilariously wow this is the first date wait is this the first date First day. Oh my is, gosh. Yeah. So Jordy, you just knew. You Mikhail, were, and you weren't intimidated by this? Like, I would never commit to a 16-hour day. Well, she didn't know. I think I, I also was like, if it gets weird, we don't have, you know, I was like, I was playing, we'll go to this, but I could, at any point, you know, I could be like abort or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then once yeah. again, like, let's say it was super weird and not great, then like, oh, then I guess we like, don't ever see each other again. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no collateral damage. <laughs> but Good he, to go. You showed up with a bouquet of flowers and a birthday present and everything, like like full fledged. It was very oh my gosh, full send. Okay, so then for you, Mikhail, were you like after just like everything? I think you said six months it had been since yeah the the divorce. Which there's been some debate about this online <laughs> lately. Apparently, I've I've made some people mad by saying I met him six months after my divorce because I met him six months after I moved back. But it takes like and it was a few months after the decision, then you moved back. Yes, mm, but in Texas, yeah. you have to be a Texas resident for 60 days before you file for divorce, and then they process it for six months. So 
It technically, uh, I don't, it, it depends on terms, but mm-hmm. six months after moving back to Texas, I met Jordy. <laughs> okay, I love that. I'm sure a whirlwind of emotions, right? Oh. What does it look like to like feel better after something like that and to be ready? Yeah, so I, I was not ready for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready. Yes. It's gotten out of room yes. a month and a half before. Yeah. We were both not ready today. No, we weren't. Yeah. That was something we kind of bonded over as we both had gotten out of mm-hmm. long relationships you know, at, you know, similar times and kind of talking through all of that was was bonding. But I had said in a vlog on my channel, like two days before the Matt Carney concert, I said, you know what, like, for the first time, I kind of feel like my heart is opening, not that I'm ready to date, but just to the idea of maybe there are kind men out there. And like, you know, something was shifting. And I do this thing on my channel called car chats, where it's just, it's just, whatever it's a what do you call it a stream of consciousness mm. that they make you do in like therapy mm-hmm. that's basically that and um i had said that of like my, my heart's kind of starting open to the idea of like maybe there is someone out there for me whatever and then we go to the matt Carey concert and i i see jordy on stage and i am actually charmed by the jokes he's telling between the songs yeah and she doesn't care about even now she 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 is very thankful for me and my music but she doesn't care about my music She's here for the jokes. She's yeah. here for the jokes. She loves, she, she likes the jokes more, definitively. Uh, yeah. I'm the but same way. His personality won me over way more than his his career. Mm-hmm. But, Which was important to me, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But so so that was a couple of days after I, I started to feel like a slight shift in my heart. And so that's why I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to dabble. I'm just going to like not do anything crazy. Just like comment on someone's reel being like, <laughs> good job. Like, that's it. Like first little step in the direction of like kind of trying to dip my toe into the pool of thinking like, Maybe all, all men don't suck type of thing. And now there's a ring. And yeah, now there's a ring. But I remember my parents were actually staying over at my apartment that night. And I told my mom, I was like, I think I'm going to comment on this guy's reel. And she goes, really? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, mom, what is there to lose? I'm just, I'm just, it's a simple comment. Like one step Nothing's in that gonna direction. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's where I was mentally and emotionally is not ready to date, but like I'm just gonna you know one tiptoe in that direction to see how it feels, and it, it ends up being <laughs> the love of my life. <laughs> that's so amazing! I love that making a little move. We love love. People on the podcast are always like, "Should I, can I make can a girl make the first move?" A little something is great. Like, oh, yeah, I, I think yeah. move is great. What you don't want to do is chase somebody who's not making the move back. Yeah. But you can make all the moves you want. Good clarity. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I actually think this is a really, I know it's rock to us. Really important take, I think. I don't know if you know what I'm going to say. I'm so hyped we'll for this. Yeah, we'll so. see. I think that there's a lot of girls that have a similar personality to you where it's you just kind of find yourself in a situation and it's really hard to assess what you actually want or not and then to say, no, I don't want this. And so I think when a guy is pursuing you, it's a little bit harder to like really assess of like, oh, do I actually like this guy or is he just giving me attention? And if he's just giving me attention and I don't really like him, how do I get out of it? So I think it's mm-hmm. more for one to see a guy and be like, that is someone that I want to pursue. And you make the first move. There's a lot higher of a likelihood that you genuinely actually like them. Yeah. to them just kind of, you know, weaseling their way into your life and then you wake up and it's been a year and you're like oh I guess I'm dating that person you know yeah yeah I like that saying no to attention (laughs) wow yeah that takes some confidence being afraid of hurting someone's feelings 
it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Uh, it's just you haven't lived the life that I've lived, Mikhail. <laughs> Josh. Oh my god. They're just guys like Jordy and I. We have to we have to compensate with jokes. Well, I wanted to talk about that though, because I think there's probably people listening that are like we're talking about finding love after heartbreak. Like, what does it look like to like put yourself out there again? You know, what does it look like to like, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of people that are like, what do I even do now? How do I start over? Should I, like, should I move states? Like what you did? Should I get on the apps? Do I need to make change up my friend groups? Like, yeah. can you speak to that even more? What does it look like to like, yeah. Yeah. Find love again. I think, well, I think in terms of like, starting fresh and starting over something that was really fraying for me was realizing now I have all of this time and resource that I was investing into a single person that now I can just reinvest into myself. And so that I think made life so much more full and maybe made me a better partner Mm -hmm, eventually. Um, Another thing that I kind of recognized when I was in that phase is this might work or this might be applicable to anybody after a breakup, but definitely after a divorce is I kind of felt a little bit like tainted. Like maybe I'm not as desirable. Mm -hmm. I I come with like this kind of mark on my report card now of like she went through something and maybe that's a red flag. But something that I had previously struggled with is I felt like guys were dating me not because they were necessarily excited about me, but because simply my report card was good. Like they knew on paper, like, oh, my mom would like this girl. She works hard. She's friendly. She's whatever. So I kind of actually reframed it in that season of being like, well, there's something about me that someone's going to have to choose. Someone's going to have to like really like me to be able to accept this thing that I've gone through and want to like be by my side despite it. And so that made me a lot more confident, especially in meeting Jordy, that he was just so accepting and He's still to this day, like there's things that I still struggle with and that he's just very patient and kind and understanding about. And that gives me a lot of confidence in dating and in our relationship of, oh, he's not just dating me because I am going above and beyond to be perfect for him. Mm-hmm. He's accepting me and and the things I've gone through. So that was helpful for me to recognize as I was getting back and, and, and to possibly date someone again. <laughs> Uh, I love Jordy. I feel like Jordy is a safe place to land. Uh, Yes. He has such a comforting spirit. I guess, Jordy, for you, what was that like? What was that like for you in that season? Well, you know, when you're at at Goodwill and you see an awesome jacket, and that would be a lot more expensive anywhere else. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) He loves that joke, and he has been roasted for it. Listen, TJ Maxx is the spot. You don't need to go to your um, dude, I thought you were past your goodwill days. If you've been oh, messing no, harder, definitely not. Um, <laughs> Mikel wishes, <laughs> but uh, I think for me, I I was never. I don't know. There, I was just never at all. And maybe it's something God put in my heart or prepared me for. But like nothing about her being married before gave me any pause after I found out her character. In some ways, we didn't take it slow, but in some ways, we took it really slow. I think actually um, being long distance was awesome for us in the first like yeah. year of our relationship because I really like if you have gone through a divorce or a, like like I did like a year and a half relationship, I don't recommend dating a few months after that. In fact, I highly recommend not doing it. But I think for us, we were kind of like, well, we really shouldn't 
be in relationships because we need to work on ourselves right now. But we found, we pretty much kind of felt like I'm a person that we want to be with and we can't give that up. So I think the long distance for us was a, was a big blessing because we were able to do our own things and heal and then like, oh, let's hang out all weekend here, you know, instead of like, I feel like if we had lived in the same place, the relationship wouldn't have grown healthily because we'd have been like so enmeshed and we would have been like codependent and like bringing stuff from our past onto each other. But instead we were able to, you know, and like we didn't have to like mesh our friend groups yet or anything, you know, because yeah. we were traveling to see each other and, and also able to see each other and, you know, see the other person's character in light of their friend group and their situations and their church and then their relationships. And, um, yeah. so I think that was a really important thing for us. You guys are both kind of living your own lives long distance. And I think there's so much value in that to like being in your own lane, right? Like I always like to use the metaphor of like, you know, you're going to find love of your life when you're you know, you're kind of running in one direction and you find someone that's running beside you and they're also running at the same pace somehow, but they're in their own lane. And I feel like you guys are both kind of developing mm -hmm. as people, you know, and recovering obviously from that rough season separate. And I think there's just like so much value in that, that a lot of people yeah. don't do, but even just that distance just really helped. Yeah. I, I think something that people don't really talk about when dating again after a relationship is how easy it is to keep the same routines that you had with the last relationship and kind of almost just replace the body with someone new. And then mm -hmm. it is it is kind of like mindless and you mm -hmm. are suddenly so ingrained because you were with that last person for however many years and you kind of like skip some steps or just like aren't as intentional with building a relationship. And I, I think that it was really nice to have space for sure to where we had to pick and choose the things we incorporated instead of it just like you know oh well I would always go to tacos every Tuesday with my ex so now I'm going to tacos every Tuesday with you that's a silly example but it's like just you know it's, yeah you can build a life with someone until you rebuild your own life first yeah mm. yeah yeah in that intentional space distance helped a lot. So I think yeah. that's really good for everybody listening. There's a piece of that that has to happen. Okay. I kind of want to end with just like, you've already touched on it a little bit, but for anybody listening, I just feel like girls need to know like what a healthy relationship really does look like and feel like. And you guys are in an exciting season right now about to get married and about to live together, I've spent way more time together now and all the things and just what have been like some markers, even just from the both of you of like, this is what it looks like to have somebody who like supports you, who's there for you, who you love to be around, just all the things so that we can like get clarity in that. I would say one of the biggest things I've noticed about Jordy is previously, I kind of thought that for me to be the best partner would be for me to be as perfect as possible for me to never burden them with my feelings or my stressors or even ask them to do anything or help in any sort of way. I was like, if I'm going to be a good partner, I'm just going to do it all on my own. I'm never going to tell them when I'm sad or stressed or anxious or whatever. And Jordy has been such a safe space and like actually physically pulled emotions out of me saying, no, I want to know these parts of you and these side, the side of you. I want to talk through these things because this is how we connect. I want to help you. I want to help lessen your burden. I want to be a teammate. And it's been an interesting mind shift for me to not feel like I'm being a bad person by allowing him to help lessen the burden or to talk through the harder things with me, but actually see it as like a, a way to connect. 
And I think that just speaks to having like a healthy, safe environment that fosters all emotions as opposed to getting mad with you for being inconvenient by having emotions or whatever that might be. Mm. Right. That's one that I could list 5,000 things. (laughs) That was probably one of the most shocking things of like, now I actually feel safe to, to experience feelings and share them. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you, George? I, I told a pal of mine the other day about, we were talking about how we're pretty different and we're, we're like best pals and we're the same in so many ways, but there's a lot of just even like aesthetically very different. You are like a beige queen and I'm a dirty band boy. I, I remember telling a friend of like, oh yeah, like, I guess, I guess my life is beige now, like cool. Um, but also <laughs> saying, you know, honestly, she could have any aesthetic or be, have any job or any interests or anything like that. It's like, she's just so unendingly kind to me and always looks for ways to be kind every second of every day. And I was like, she could be any type of person to be that way. And I would be so, and it's mm, yeah. true. So I, yeah, I, I think like, you know, if you treat somebody else well, then Really yeah. One thing that we have said is we're both used to being the person in the relationship that that does kind of all the the glue, like works really hard to hold it all together. And for the first time, it's been kind of weird and confusing to not be that person because the other person is that person too. To where yeah. it's just kind of like mutual and not like mm. one person is trying to pick up the pieces for the other, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're equally yoked. Yeah. Just to throw in some like, Christianese in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Mikhail, I have a question for you. Okay. Mm. Um, so statistically, half of marriages end in divorce. So mm. half of the people that listen to this podcast that are getting married will one day get divorced, which is a big percentage. Yeah. Um, what would you say to all of those girls listening? How do you not get divorced? What are some tips and tricks? Oh. Um, should we rename the title of this podcast yeah how to not get divorced yeah (laughs) i really don't know beyond picking a good partner from the start there's a lot of little Mm -hmm. things i'm sure that you can work together through down the line but something that i recognize and i mean i'm if they're already married i'm sorry this is not applicable but the thing that i recognize is you have to marry someone that you know will be willing to put in the work and just have a really good work ethic. I've heard this quote, and I'm sure you've heard it before too, that throughout your lifetime, you will be married to seven people. And if you're lucky, it will all be the same human. But like, it's inevitable that we will all change and grow. Yeah. Go through so many phases. And maybe next month, I will hate beige. And I want everything to be hot pink. And I just know season. Yeah. I just know that your personality would be the type that would be like, you know what, if if that's something you want to do, I will, I will hold your hand in that. And um, it really, yeah, boils down to you wanting to fight for something as much as I want to fight for something. And I wish I had looked for that the first time around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad. Yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah hey. true. Boop, there it is. That's so good. And so, yeah, we just did an episode about getting married young because that's like a lot of our There's my brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they so many good things. If anybody's listening, you should just go listen to the episode. But yeah, I think that there needs to be more conversations of like, wait, 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 wait. Like, are you like really asking yourself the hard questions? Why? Why do you want this so bad? And I mean, you said at the beginning, like, 
you were just going along with the Texas culture and like, it's so important to, to choose the right person. And yeah. Okay. You guys said so many amazing things. Also, you guys are just the best ever. I agree with Josh as outsiders watching your guys's relationship a healthy relationship it really is cool to see two people who have passions and are pursuing them in two different ways and it's so sweet i've heard it over and over again just the kindness you guys both shared towards each other and how you guys are both such a safe place and what could have been a really hard season like a hard transition and it sounds like it hasn't been because of just like the kindness and grace and all these qualities that i think we need to be looking for in um, in the person we're choosing. I also, I watched your video when you guys got engaged and it was very cute Aww. and everybody needs to go watch it. If you're listening to this right now, I think sometimes you're like, oh, everything looks too perfect and blah, blah, blah. But Mikkel, your YouTube channel is not like the too perfect thing. She's real and honest and authentic. So you guys need to go listen. And then of course, Jordy and all the ladies, you guys, his music. Josh is your number one fan, by the way. Huge so I fan. feel like I should uh, leave that to Josh. <laughs> the hype. Yeah. The, the hype, hype of George. The hype of George. Oh, man. His his words are just like honey <laughs> to my soul. <laughs> like I heard that somewhere. That's just a sample. <laughs> one of Jordy's songs, I just know how it goes. I'm on fire. Is it oh, fire? Oh, yeah. It's fire. Fire. Uh, that was our, our yeah. first dance yeah. song. At our wedding. Okay. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and Jordy. Played it live. I didn't know it was special. Yes. yes. It was funny because Jordy played it for me in his car at one point. And I was like, this is like the perfect wedding song. Like I was like, you're going to get so many royalties from this. <laughs> and, and then we got engaged and I was like, George, he came and played it at our wedding. It was Exciting. super Gosh. special. Yeah. That is Anyways. so sweet. Go, go listen to stuff if you haven't already. Um, how can we follow along with you guys, your life? your soon-to-be marriage and your personal passions. <laughs> Good. Um, three videos a week on Cal's channel. There's a there's a there's an entire TV show uh, being built and directed <laughs> for real edited uh, all the time around here and then I'm putting out an album starting September first with all songs about her. Yeah. Whoa. Wait, that's so special. Thank you. Okay. Um you guys are the best. Thank you for being on the For the Girl podcast. And you guys, we'll catch you next week for another episode of For the Girl. Talk to you later. Thanks for having us. Yeah, guys. Yeah.